RadioInfluence.com. You are in the trenches with former Buccaneers offensive lineman Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. Hello, everybody. This is Ian Beckles, and welcome back to In the Trenches. Uh, it is Monday. Um, you know, we've had a lot of Mondays like this as Buccaneer fans where it's not only your team losing, and our team is now 2-5, and five, and when you go 2-5, and five, you're, you're done, pretty much, especially looking ahead at what we still have to conquer in this season. Um... The season is done as far as your aspirations. Listen, two and five is is too too deep to dig out of. You mess around and win that game, you're three and four. You're still in it, and you just played a team in Tennessee that I'm gonna let you guys know it's not that good. They're not that good of a football team, and the Buccaneers did whatever they can to help them win that game. Now, being on sports radio. Um, we, I, I know that this is the way our community is. And it's 50-50 James fans and it's 50-50 haters, okay? So it's just like politics, you know. If you don't like Donald Trump, then everything he does is going to be the worst thing ever. If you like Donald Trump, you're just going to kind of gloss over everything that he does. And I think that's kind of the way with, with Jameis. Um, I think I'm kind of on the fence. Like, I... At times, I feel like I have to defend him because everybody else is piling on him. Does he deserve a long-term contract and all this kind of stuff? I don't know if I'm going there with it yet. But I just like the people to watch the games at times, just like with an open mind. Just watch the game one day and just think of just he's just a quarterback. Forget about he was drafted first in the, in the draft. Forget about how many games he's won. Forget about how many interceptions he's thrown or how many fumbles he's had. Just go in there as he's just a quarterback, all right? I think you'd look at the game differently because when Jameis throws an interception, right away it's like, yes, see? And, and I get it. But Bruce Arians, and I'm going to say this, people, the one thing head coaches don't do is lie, too much. They tell you right in your face if you suck or not. And for Bruce Arians to come out and say that Bruce, that you know, Jameis Winston played his ass off. He, and if if you go back and watch it, Jameis did some incredible things in a loss. Okay, you know, we talked about you know the the previous week with the five interceptions. Probably three of them probably weren't on Jameis, although they're still going to be on his record. But yesterday, the first interception, and they didn't replay it on television, from, from my angle, looked like got tipped at the line of scrimmage. I, I don't know for a fact, but it was pretty darn close. I'm listening to what Bruce Arians says. Bruce Arians knows where his receivers are supposed to be. He knows where the ball is supposed to be thrown. And if he says it's the receiver's fault, then I'm going to say it's the receiver's fault because he's not going to blame a receiver or something that's Jameis's fault. Then you'll lose a locker room. The last interception with Perriman, who can't run a route for nothing. Perriman runs the laziest routes. I don't give a rat's ass how fast you think he is. He runs lazy routes. And listen, I'm an offensive lineman, and I know if you're running straight down the field and there's a DB head up on you, the ball's going to be thrown inside. I mean, you can't just throw it over somebody's shoulder. There's a DB right on top of you. And the ball was thrown inside, and Perriman kept on running straight. 
And if you watch it, Jameis runs up like, what the hell are you doing? This is my ass out there. And there's so many things that happened in that game yesterday where the game could have been completely different. Now, the first um, drive down the field, the Bucks, the Bucks had uh, first and goal on the four after a pass interference with um, Mike Evans pretty close to the uh, end zone. And the next ball, or one of the next balls, went off of Mike Evans' hands in the end zone. Both of them. Greatness doesn't allow that to happen. And listen, Mike Evans is great. I'm not, this, that's not, this is not what this is about. But greatness doesn't allow the ball to come out of both his hands. Okay? It went off of both his hands. We end up with three points. You're up three nothing. Yay. That's really a victory for Tennessee. Okay? The next drive, they go down there and, you know, the ball goes off of Jameis's face because Jensen snaps the ball when he shouldn't. I mean, it's up to the quarterback when he asks for the ball. <laughs> the ball hits him in the face. He's not expected. That's the f- center's fault. Okay? So we get we give the ball back to Tennessee inside the 10. There's a miscommunication on the goal line. Hargraves is trying to get people in the right position. They snap the ball, and they get a touchdown. Walk in. Okay? So once again, we're going to jam- blame it all on Jameis, but there's a lot of other factors that are, you know, Part of this two and five team, his first 32 dropbacks, 11 hurries. First and 32 dropbacks, 11 hurries. Did anybody see the Keystone Cops on the five yard line where I believe, I believe it was Perriman ran into a Bungawale or whoever his name is on a play? I'm sure they practiced a dozen times. It's not good. There's too many illegal motion penalties. There, there's. There's a lot of things out there. Some are good. Not everything is bad. I thought some people played their ass off. I thought JPP played well. I thought Nassim played well. I thought Vita played well. Uh, Levante David played his ass off. Obviously, Mike Evans. Um, Offensively, we just need more. Because you have a quarterback back there who led the team in rushing, by the way. Uh, He has a quarterback back there who either is going to feed Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, whichever one is being single covered, and both of them can eat defenses up. But he's getting very little from his tight end position. Listen, O.J. Howard, I'm getting to the point where I'm tired of saying the name. I got the same way with uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins, who had a great name, but he just never showed up. O.J. Howard doesn't show up. I mean, he didn't play yesterday, but even when he plays, he doesn't show up. Cameron Brait, he can't separate from anybody. The ball's ricocheting off his hands. So we got barely anything from the tight end. We got two great receivers. And a number three and number four receivers ain't worth a darn. And our backs, eh, they're, they're, they're okay catching the ball out of backfield. But that puts a lot of burden and, and weight on Jameis Winston's you know shoulders and his back. And I thought he did a good job of getting himself out of a couple situations. Um... Hudson was out there for one time. That ball has to be caught. <laughs> you got, in the end zone, that ball hits both of your hands. You got to catch that ball, period. And then there was a drop by Abongawali on the left-hand side. And then Jameis came out, improvised, and scored a touchdown to Mike Evans. Great, great play by Jameis. All right? Then the next play, he has Perriman in the corner of the end zone, wide open and uncovered, and Perriman doesn't adjust his body and get his feet down. So now you see how this whole game is changing? Two points here, a point here, 
a touchdown here. Already we talked about Perriman not adjusting his feet. That's two points. Mike Evans not catching the ball in the end zone. That's six points. Hudson dropping the ball in the end zone. So there's a, there's a lot was left out there. We're talking about busted coverages on defense in week eight. In week eight, we're busting coverages. There's guys still running wide ass open, wide open. Our red zone offense isn't scary. When we go for it on fourth and one in the fourth quarter, okay, listen, I've played football for a long time. And there's certain things that won't change in football. So certain things are etched in stone. Let me tell you something that's etched in stone, all right? When it's fourth and one, and you can go back and watch the film if you want. When you have your quarterback in shotgun on fourth and one, first of all, that gives the advantage to the D lineman. They're just firing out because it takes a little longer. If you're, if you're under the center, the ball gets to the running back faster. The ball was run left, and both Ali Marpet and Donovan Smith were in two-point stances. Everybody knows what a two-point stance is. It's three-point stance when you have your hand on the ground. Two-point stance is when your hand's off the ground. On fourth and one in the shotgun, you're going to run the ball to the side of a lineman in two-point stances. Once again, <laughs> I'm 52 and I've been playing football forever, but that is, that's bad ball. It's bad ball. It's bad coaching. You can't fire off the ball from a two-point stance. Try it. When the, when the guy across from you has his hand on the ground and his head is about a foot off the ground and you're standing up, how do you think you're going to get any movement? Because you know what happened on that play? We lost about a yard and a half. On a fourth and one play, we lost about a yard and a half. So coaching is a big part of this whole thing as well. And I think the coaches are to the point now where they're kind of shaking their heads and they just don't know how to fix this. Okay. They don't know how to fix it because it's not even really an ability thing. I think we have some ability as a team. We just play, we just are dumb. We're a dumb football team. Penalties everywhere. You know, Carlton Davis is starting to make some big plays and, you know, make, you know, getting on some people, but he's also, you know, there's pass interference calls out there all the damn time. And that's got to stop. Now, the one play in the game where, you know, watch it on television, nobody made a big deal out of, but on the fake punt, when Devin White came up and absolutely smashes the punter, and it's clearly a fumble. It's not close. It's clearly a fumble. And on a big hit like that, on a linebacker hitting a punter, why are you blowing the whistle when the ball's on the ground? The ref's job is to not blow the whistle and to not mess up, you know, the progress and the right call. And they blew the whistle. That was a touchdown going the other way. So I don't know if Bruce Arians made a big deal of that in the press conference or what, but um, it's there's just a lot of things that seem to go against the Buccaneers. But the Buccaneers in general um, just play stupid football. And at two and five, you can look at that schedule, everybody. It don't get no easier. We we've played our easy games. We've played our easy games, and we're two and five because it's gonna get uglier as it goes. Drew Brees is back. You know, we're not good enough to say we could be, we should beat anybody. We're just not. Everybody that plays the Buccaneers goes out thinking this is a team that we should beat. And it's true. You know, two, five and 11, two years in a row, two and five now, two and five at the end of the year probably equates to about five and 11. So we're probably a four and 12, five and 11 type team. 
and everybody's going to talk to us about how much talent we have. I, I don't want to hear about all that. We got a couple good football players here and there. We don't have enough. And if you look at the box scores with the Buccaneers, you know, they, when you look at the box scores, almost a lot, quite often, it looks like, you know, they should win the game. You know, they have more first downs, third down efficiency, seven for 15, that's pretty damn good. Fourth down efficiency, one for two. Now, nine penalties for 87 yards is too much. It's too much. And that's been a Buccaneers problem for a long time. And the penalties are not just about dumb plays, about people getting outplayed as well. When offensive linemen is holding, that means there's somebody whooping their ass. Time of possession, I think we've done well pretty, pretty much the whole year. And what we really sh- fall short on is final score. And the other team, for some reason, always figures out a way to score more points than us. And I don't know where the coaches go from here. Uh, sometimes you have to leave it up to the leaders on the team because there's a times where the the message from the leader, who is Bruce Arians, gets old. And it's only been a couple, three months, but you can only cuss people out a certain amount of times, okay? And I heard he said that the secondary got to get their heads out of their asses. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. Okay, there's too many guys running wide-ass open, too many tackles being broken, and there's just too many – because we're, we're – the quarterbacks we're playing against ain't that great. We haven't played against the great ones yet. We haven't. Russell Wilson's coming up. All right? Drew Brees is coming up. There's some good ones coming. So buckle up because I, if, if it goes like this, I'm not sure the way it's going to end because Bruce Arians didn't come out of retirement to suck. Okay? I think Bruce Arians came out of retirement because he liked the nucleus of this team. He liked the direction of this team, but right now, anybody from the outside looking in can't possibly like the direction of this football team. No way. You can't. If your team is going in the right direction, that means next year you should have about the same players, and I don't think that's possible. I think the Bucks got to figure out a way to to revamp this thing, and I don't know if Bruce Arians has the uh, energy for that. And if Bruce Arians isn't the guy. And it's Jason Light's the guy. And we've seen that already. And it hasn't worked out that well. So we're two and five. That's all we are. We're two and five. Um and a bad two and five. Because there was times this year where I tried to temper everybody's enthusiasm. Everybody's talking about the other teams in the South. Oh, there, there's, there's no other good teams. And listen, let's worry about ourselves first. Let's figure out a way we can go 500 before we start talking about other teams and winning the NFC South because that's not happening anytime soon. Anybody want to get in contact with me and ask me any football questions, it's Ian Beckles at RadioInfluence.com. Um, I was hoping for a better season, personally. You know, it's hard to be optimistic with this Buccaneer team because... It seems to always kick you in your nuts when just about when you feel good about them. And that's what they did yesterday. I really thought they were going to go into Tennessee and beat that football team with a backup quarterback. And you can't really call him a backup quarterback because he's he's the man right now. He's won three in a row. So there's, there's all kind of quarterbacks everywhere winning with different types of team. And uh, we, we couldn't get it done. And I thought yesterday our quarterback was one of the better players on the football field. Believe it or not. He bailed a lot of stuff out because there's not a lot of good stuff happening out there. There really isn't. There really, really isn't. 
Anyways, I know you guys are Buccaneer fans like I am, and we're all hoping that it turns out the right way, but this season is becoming real, real, real long. Everybody enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy Monday Night Football. Um, not the best game in the world, Steelers, Steelers against the uh, Dolphins. But uh, Buccaneers will be back up next week on Sunday, and uh, <laughs> we'll be hoping for our best again, but uh, I got a funny feeling we'll be back here on Monday with the woe is me. But everybody have a wonderful week, and please be safe. Peace out. You have been in the trenches with Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. Now, stand by for the MJ Morning Show. The MJ Morning Show is back. Hi, it's MJ. Join me along with Froggy and Fester. We're going to bring you up to speed on what's been happening since our last show. We'll even reveal never-before-heard stories from the past, including some infamous controversies. This is the great MJ Morning Show that you remember. With regular new episodes, we'll even have some of the crazy cast of characters on, like Dave the Dwarf and more. The all-new MJ Morning Morning Show podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, on the iHeartRadio app, and RadioInfluence.com.